You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. All right, how's everybody doing? Uh, this is your host, Michael C., back for another installment of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And today is another installment of what I affectionately like to call my China Shop series, which is basically conversations where I talk to other bulls in the lifestyle to kind of find out, you know, how they got into this, how they, you know, how they maneuver within it, pros, cons, so on and so forth. So my guest today is a good guy named Tony. Why don't you say hi to everybody, Tony? Hi everyone, how are you? My name's Tony and uh, I'm on the West Coast, I'm in <laughs> San Diego. So if you're ever there, hit me up. <laughs> so in case you're wondering how I met Tony, he actually just recently moved to the West Coast. He actually uh, had contacted me, I guess over a year ago or yep. so, and he came to uh, one of my cuckold parties there and you know he had a really nice time and all the couples really liked him and everything like that. So that's how we actually linked up and he's actually now transplanted uh you know out west so and want you tell everybody how old are you i am 37 years old okay now you told me you've been doing this for for a minute right like how long yeah i started in 2007 so i think i'm going on almost 12, 12 to 13 years all right so why don't you kind of take us back to the beginning like how did this all begin for you so for me, I think it started when I, I was living in Montreal at the time and mm. very serendipitously, I got hit on by a couple at my gym and innocuously, I didn't think anything of it. And they invited me out for drinks and one drink turned into 10 <laughs> and uh, they insisted I sleep it off at their house. And I thought naively, I'm going to sleep. Right. Um, but rather I ended up uh, being you know, a part of their, their play for the evening. And it was great. I, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a better introductory to it. And they're, they're, they were really good at just kind of taking the training wheels off. Right. So we okay. So that happens and you know, you're driving home, walking home, whatever afterwards, what was your mindset? Like, was it like, okay, what, what the fuck just happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what were you thinking? Like, how did you process that after you left? So they were, they were really cool. They, they kind of talked it out with me afterwards and they're like, Hey, you know, you, you probably might be thinking that this and this and this is going through your head. And mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, absolutely. All of those things are going through my head. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kept in, in contact for a while and, um, they took me to parties, they took me to clubs, they took me to a variety of different venues. That oh, wow. So you got lucky. You got like a Sherpa. I got the single guy boot camp. Yeah. Yeah. You got... <laughs> Yeah, you got taken care of <laughs> if they, you know, so it, it wasn't just that one experience and like it right, became so them taking you around and kind of showing you the ropes and yeah, and they, they kind of spruced up my profile and told me the, the pictures that I look good in and the pictures I don't look good. In. Oh, wow. Yeah, you yeah, you got I got spoiled. Yeah, you got taken care of that. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's rare. But it, it's funny, though, like I've, I've, I've often talked to couples and you know, have told them like, that's the biggest complaint in this lifestyle is, is the lack of guys of, of experienced guys. And 
what I try to tell couples is I can understand why you look for that experience, but at the same time, don't sleep on finding that new guy and molding him into what you want him to be. You know, it's almost like, you know, I've, I've often said before, you know, I have a, excuse me, I have a, a background in car sales. And there were two schools of thought on that. Some dealerships want you to be experienced. And then some dealerships would rather you be green because then there are less bad habits for them to break. And they can train you the way that they want you to be as opposed to you bringing, you know, this habit from that store and that store and that store. And then they're like, okay, well, we don't do it that way here. You know, so I've often, you know, I try to tell that to couples like, don't totally ignore that. I mean, I can understand why you want the experience, but there's also value in those guys who haven't gotten their first chance yet, who are ripe for the picking. And then you can kind of impose your, you know, the way that you want a bull to be and, and make that happen. That sounds like that's pretty much exactly what happened to you is, you know, they, they found you and got you and, <laughs> molded you you know in hindsight i i probably should have seen more cues and i, I think one of the, the the interesting things was i always noticed them checking me out and i always just thought mm -hmm. yeah you know I, i'm good at working out they yeah they, they yeah, must yeah. like me yeah it's just going over your head you're like just totally totally oblivious to it and i mean when you're 24 you don't really mm -hmm. think about these things but um yeah i i think and I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been in the lifestyle as a single guy. I've also been in the lifestyle as a couple. Okay. And um, you you just have a sixth sense of you can look at a guy and you can see if they have potential, if they're moldable or malleable to mm. um, being the type of guy that would be amenable for for your relationship. Right, right. So what kept you coming back? Like, okay, you have this first experience, you know, you know, obviously you met good people. So that, that has a lot to do with it. But even beyond the fact that they were good people, that's still not something that we're accustomed to. Like you don't naturally get into that. Like, okay, here I am. I'm, 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 I'm with this man's wife or I'm with this man's woman. And I don't have to hide the fact that I'm sexually attracted to her but I'm cool with him, you know, like he's sitting there watching me give it to his woman. Like that's, that's not natural. So what was it about that, that spoke to you and whereas some guys might look at that and be like, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. What was it about you and the way that you're wired that made you say, okay, I can do this. I think it, I think of it very akin to some of the interviews you've done with, hot wives mm -hmm. and many of them come from very you know plain jane conservative upbringings and I, I i was in the same boat i came from essentially the leave it to beaver household right um my, my parents are still married after 50 some odd years together and um they're they're just like this dorky couple <laughs> and um you know i i think i just had this very tv persona of what a relationship is supposed to look like and growing up i thought okay i mean I, gu I guess i could do this but at the same time i never found that interesting or i never found that to be something that yeah in the long run i'll still be excited by that mm -hmm. and 
this was something that was a catalyst for, oh, here's how you, how you make it really exciting. Right. This is how you really spice things up. So, okay, so you said that was about uh, 12 years that, that you've been in it. What would you say are the, like, two of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Like, two of the biggest things that this lifestyle has kind of taught you about, you know, about yourself, about life, about, you know, what the concept of marriage is. Like, what, what is this lifestyle? Because, I mean, yeah, the sex stuff is there, and people always talk about the sex stuff, but we're not really going to focus on that. I'm, talking, I'm more or less interested in the other aspects of it. So what, what has this lifestyle taught you? I think if I had to narrow it down to two things, um, the first one is speak less and listen more. I think there there are just far too many times where, as a single guy and as a really rambunctious bull, you just want to like go, get out there and like pitch, do your sales pitch, and it's not about you. It, it's about the couple and it's about their experience, and that's why you're being invited into their bedroom and into their relationship. Um, and I think probably the the second thing would have to be to just recognize the amount of trust and the amount of work it took for a couple to get to that point to even meet you in public and have a drink that's i mean you have to hand it to the husbands and you have to hand it to the couples because you know that there's a lot of background conversation that happened oh absolutely i think a lot of people take that for granted and um i i think if you if you negate that or you downplay that you're not really respecting the couple so you're with the couple when did you I guess, how long was it before you felt comfortable enough to take the training wheels off and kind of venture out on your own and say, okay, you guys taught me, now let me take what you taught me and go out there and apply it? it, it it's funny that you, you, you say, say that in the sense that I took the training wheels off. They, I feel like they kind of did that when you have, when you have a child and you uh, take the training wheels off and mm-hmm. you're behind them and you pretend like you're holding the back of their seat, but you're not. Right. And you push them off into the, <laughs> into the street and they fall. Um, I, I feel like that's what they did to me. They're just like, you know what? Like we've hung out with you a bit and we like you and we're going to continue to see you. But we think that you're going to provide a lot of pleasure and a lot of happiness to other people just because you're very cerebral and you know mm-hmm. how to talk to people. Um, and they, they always joke around. They're like, you, you provide the boyfriend experience. Right, right. And uh, they're, they're like, you, you got to go out there and do it on your own. And, you know, we, we can't just keep you for ourselves. And they kind of... Uh, kind of nudged you along. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I appreciate it because I, I, I've grown a lot from that. Right. Do you still keep in touch with them? I do. Okay. I mean, hopefully you'll tell them about this and they can listen to it and, and smile finally and, you know, take credit for you. Like, yeah, we found him. That was that, That's our discovery right there. So what was that like then when you had that first experience and, and cause you, you said, okay, you said that they helped you fill out your profile. So were you approached by a couple? Like your, the next experience that you had after them, how did that come about? So I, I was approaching couples online and, um, you know, there, there were a lot of non-responses, which right. is not un, un, untypical for, uh, single men mm-hmm. and I get it because couples get inundated with a oh. lot of emails. And then you, like you said, you said you've been in this as a couple. So I'm sure you've, you've, oh, yeah. you've experienced the inbox, what it looks like for like a couple. 80 emails in one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, you, you get used to rejection, but um, eventually there, there's always a handful that just resonate with you and will respond back and mm-hmm. will give you a chance. And those are the couples that you got to invest in and not just invest in, you know, from a, from a perspective of um, time, but you have to think about like, what, where are they coming at it? What's their perspective emotionally and psychologically? And those are the ones that you can connect with the best. So um, I did that and uh, that worked out well. Um, Shortly after I was with that couple, I ended up moving from Montreal to the States and um, I ended up going to a party. There, there was a, a a guy named George who would. Oh, the do you know George parties? You got it. You got to one of those as a single guy. Well, you know, I reached out to George and I just said, I, I I just sent him an email saying, "Hey, I recognize that single guys aren't welcome at your parties as guests, but surely you could use the free labor, and surely you could use just people helping out." Um, I, I think. That would be that's brilliant uh, <laughs> yeah so he, he's like okay let's meet up for a drink and we did that and uh he's like yeah you you can work one of my parties and i did and um him and i seemed to hit it off and uh um yeah so i i attribute a lot of the confidence i grew in the lifestyle to just being included in that circle because it's yeah, a very high-end circle oh no i i know a few couples who go to their parties you know, and I've, I've heard the stories about their parties and I know to put it frankly, they're on some other shit, like the way that they structure their parties and the settings that they have their parties in. And I mean, they, they, I saw something where they, they did something at a vineyard. I saw something else where they did something at like a racetrack and had like Ferraris there and everybody drove like Ferraris around a racetrack. I mean, just the, the experiences that, that they provide in addition to the lifestyle stuff, you know, so if, if, if you cut your teeth among that crowd, that's, that speaks volumes. I'm saying to, you know, for them to, cause he knew what you were doing, you know, like he's not dumb. He's like, but I can respect where this guy is coming from. Like, if you're going to go about it, this is the way to do it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, now are you still a part of that? Do you still attend those? I haven't. I I've, you know, moving around, especially going from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's been hard to go to those events. Right. But let's be honest, as a single guy, you you, you don't really need it. You no. Know, like if you, and, and that's one of the things that I, I try to impart to other guys who, you know, want to be successful in this lifestyle is, it's funny, like there's a shift that happens where, and it, it's almost like it happens without you being aware that it's happening. And that is when you go from pursuing to it's all of a sudden, it's like you wake up the next day and now you're being requested, you know, and now you're, you're in demand and now people are reaching out to you and Hey, we talked to so-and-so or we read your search from so-and-so or we were at the same event and we heard you talking to such and such. And, and it's like, once that happens, like if you thought that you were picky before, like it's one thing to be picky when you're choosing who to pick. It's another thing to be picky when people are coming after you. And now you're, now your pickiness is you have to tell some people, no, like how you were saying in the beginning, when you started, there were, you know, those rejections. And when you're still there, (laughs) right. And when, but when you're pursuing 
you know, you're getting the rejections. You don't really experience them as much when you're the one being pursued. Now you're the one doing the rejecting. And so I'm curious to find out when, when did you, when did you feel that shift? Like, and I'm not saying that it, it got to the point where you don't have to contact anybody anymore, but where it was like, wait a minute, I'm getting just as much interest from people who are reaching out to me, you know, as opposed to generating everything by the people that I'm reaching out to, or has it even happened for you yet? You know, I, I think the, the point of feeling like you can reject people or you can't reject people. I, I, I think that's kind of a, an ancillary thing to, well, I don't, so let me pause it right there. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, Hey, you get to the point where you can turn people away. I'm more or less talking about the fact of, of people showing interest in you without right without you initiating something you know like now like how you were talking about you know when you're a couple in the inbox whereas now you're getting messages in your inbox where people are like hey we came across your profile we read your search you know we're going to be in that part of the country on so and so day thought maybe you might want to get together for a drink like you didn't put any effort into into getting into generating that you know but it's one of those things that as you progress through this lifestyle it it happens more and more it doesn't happen all the time i mean you're always going to have people that catch your eye and you reach out to them and you know and you try to make something happen but you know every once in a while you you know a few times a month you get those messages in your inbox where it's like wow i i I put no effort into that and it just you know it just kind of came my way you know, and then you look at the profile and it's like, oh, that Angie's hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, that's, that, that's great. You know, so it's, it's, it's nice when those things happen. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying you get to the point where you can start rejecting people. That sounds kind of shallow. I'm not right, trying to right. come across like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that, that when people start noticing you and ne- knocking on your door, instead of the typical way a ball goes is we're going door to door to door to door. So I'm just wondering, has that shift happened because i know i saw something on your profile you've been on somebody else's podcast i have right so you're out there you know like this is not you know you're not i'm not ta- i'm not taking anybody's cherry over here you've already done this no no spring chicken here yeah exactly so you know you've been doing this for a while yeah you know so so I think your your name is out there people people are aware of you yeah you know so i think two things promulgated my or perpetuated my ability to just become more well known and be just seen within the lifestyle because I mean there are scores of single guys that oh, are on these websites absolutely they you, eventually they all start to blend in and they all start to sound alike when you talk to them but I, I think two things really helped move me forward which were having quality testimonials or certifications depending on the website that you're on. Right. And not just the, you know, like I certified that this guy's real. It, it's having the text that goes with it. Right. And then um, I was very, very fortunate to meet Mr. and Mrs. Jones of the We Got a Thing podcast. And they did a single guy episode, um, episode 23, if anyone wants to listen. There you go. I'll make sure, I'll make sure we have the link in there and <laughs> give them a shout out. I, I know I follow them. I don't know if I've talked to them too much, but I'll definitely let them know that I had you on my show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I adore them a lot. And, um, you know, we just hit it off. I happened to just be traveling to that part of the country a lot for work. And I told them, hey, I'd love to meet you guys. And we kind of set up a very low-key 
no pressure, no. Right. And it's just like, let's meet for beer and a pizza. And mm-hmm. if we like each other, we, we can talk about more and no expectations. And, you know, it, it was great. We, we just hit it off. And um, they're they're probably one of my, my favorite couples in the lifestyle. And I, I adore them from here until the end of infinity. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the cool things is when you when you find those couples that that you just dig, you know what I'm saying? Like, like as much as you're attracted to her, you're cool with him, you know, and as cool as you are with him, you have hot, crazy fun with her. And one of the things, again, that I I try to impart to guys, and I'm sure you can uh, understand where I'm coming from with this. When you deal with a couple, the way that I look at it, and not in a romantic kind of way, but you're you're flirting with both of them. Yeah, you know you're you're trying to get him to like you just as much as you're trying to get her to like you, if not more. Yeah, you know because if you do that, he's going to be your biggest ally. You know, um, and I don't know. Like I hear stories. You know, you know, you talk to couples and they say you know one of the biggest ways to kind of fuck up is the guys that treat their husband like an afterthought, you know? And personally, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why would you not recognize that that is your biggest ally right there? Like, why would you do anything to alienate that person? You know, like, you should be doing everything to, you know, endear yourself and say, hey, I'm, I'm not a threat. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm not a threat. We we want the same thing, which is to show your beautiful wife a great time. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're on the same team here, whether it's a hot wife couple or a cuckold couple. You know, so I don't know. I just I just I just never really fully understood why guys because it's like an incredible resource that's right there. And instead of utilizing it, they just kind of just get dismissive and now all of a sudden he don't like you. You know, and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> so. You know, I, I think about it very, very akin to there. There's a train of thought of, you know, Tarzan and the king of the jungle. Right. And there can only be one king of the jungle. And if you go into the lifestyle with that mindset, you should be prepared for failure. Um, but if you think about this as a team-based sport mm-hmm. and a sport where you rely on your team members to support you and advocate for you, then you'll be successful. Um, and I think that's where the husbands come into play is, you know, they're the gatekeeper. They, they really control, you know, a lot of how um, things are perceived. Because, oh, yeah. You know, men understand each other. They can read each other's cues in a way that women can't. And uh, I think, you know, they can communicate to their wives a a way that, oh, you know, when he said this, he was really talking about X, Y, or Z. Right. Um, So I think you need to build that rapport with the husband and make him your ally and not treat him as an obstacle. Well, and the other thing that kind of comes with that, when you do that, I've often said that you know, if, if, if you want to look at this lifestyle like a stock market, in a sense, <laughs> husbands would get arrested for insider trading because if they like you, they will spill 
all the beans on what their wife likes. Yep. This is her favorite color. This is her favorite food. These are her hot spots. These are her words she likes. Do these this, are, do that. Yeah, these are the words she doesn't like. Like, they will, they will hand you the entire playbook. The recipe book, yeah. Everything. Like, yep. hey, here's here are all her innermost secrets, desires, fears, lust, everything. Yep. If, if you just follow this, because they want to see you be successful, yep. you know, because they want their wife to have a good time. So they're not going to set you up for failure. And again, I don't understand why guys don't use that. It's like, dude, you got you got the, the cheat sheet right there. <laughs> you know, you're wrecking your brain trying to study for the test, and you've got the answers like right there. You know what it you is? Know? I think we're we're so conditioned from such a young age to think one man, one woman, and any other man that's in the presence of that woman is an obstacle or a threat. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we, we just have to diffuse that myth. Yeah, that shit doesn't work here. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that shit doesn't work here. And whether it be in hot wifing, cuckolding, mm-hmm. the lifestyle, or in business, I, I mean, it, it makes more sense to, I forget how the saying goes, the, the bears, and you attract more bees with honey than, right. yeah, or whatever, whatever that saying and is. Vinegar, I think it is, yeah. something like that. Okay, so you just you actually just mentioned it, so I'm kind of curious. Okay, so you start in this. I'm, I'm guessing that the first couple you dealt with was a hot wife couple. Yeah. Okay. When did cuckolding get on your radar? You know, like when did you start to see that? Okay, there's levels to this. You know, like there are different kinds of of couples within this. It's not just oh they all like to watch. It's you know you have these types of guys who like to watch in this capacity. And then you have these types of guys that like to do things in this capacity. Like when, when did that first get on your radar where you realize that, oh shit, this is different. As an example, for me, it was different because for me, it was my first couple was a cuckold couple. And what jumped out was, and I've, I've said this in a podcast before, was in the middle of playing, they called me sir. And in my mind, like I didn't, I didn't react to it. I didn't acknowledge it. But in my head, I'm like, did they just call me? Nah, I'm hearing things, you know, and I'm keep on playing, keep on playing. And then they said it again. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I, I know I heard it that time. Like, I'm not tripping. Didn't, I had no context in my mind. I'm like, well, they're, they're older than me. Did I tell them I'm in the military or something? Like what, what's with the whole sir thing, you know? And then after that, looking into it and digging a little more. I, I, I learned where that was coming from and what that was about. So I'm curious for you, when did you break ground on that addition as far as, oh, okay, now I'm into cuckolding? What do you remember about that? You know, I, I, I don't think I really knew what the word cuckolding was until I was like several years into the mm-hmm. lifestyle. And um, looking back, there are certainly experiences where I'm like, Oh yeah, they were definitely a cuckold couple, right? And kind of the things where the cues where they call you sir, or the husband is just like overly attentive to the woman, or wants, or to even do, to you, and, like, and do you need me. anything? Yeah. You know, do you, are you thirsty? You want to refill that? Like, they're just anticipating your needs, you yeah. know, and and very deferential, you and, know. And um, you know, it wasn't until I really started to hit my stride with the the hot wife and Steg and Vixen types of right. couples where they're like, Hey, you know, we, you know, the, the first time that we met was great, but you know, for the second time we want to be a little bit more adventurous. We want to take right. steps forward. And those steps forward include doing some more avant-garde mm-hmm. things. And I, I think that's where 
I, I really got my understanding of what it means to be with a cuckold couple. Right. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I wish they would have just said this from the, from the get-go. Yeah, but, you can, but you can understand their reluctance, oh, it's, though. It's, it's yeah, very you, nerve-wracking. Yeah, you can understand their reluctance and why they, they, they kind of just reveal a little bit at a time. Yeah. You know, because they don't, they don't want to scare anybody away. Oh, for sure. And I mean, t- for them to get to that point. Right. Like, uh, it, it's a lot of work. So um, it, it's, it initially started with just kind of the regular couples <laughs> that were starting or at least playing themselves off as the hot wife or stag right. and types of couples. Um, and again, you can understand why they have to do that. Oh, for it's, sure. It's almost like they have to be undercover, yeah. you know, until they find somebody who they think is open-minded enough. And then it's like, well, this is kind of what we're, you know, because they feel like if they just put everything on the table from the beginning that, like you said, guys are going to run away like, oh, no, he came out and his dick was in the cage. I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> that. You know, and they don't know how people are going to react to that. So they, they, they downplay themselves and what they're into until they feel, you know, that they've, they've reached that, that comfort zone. And as you, know? you, as you talk to those couples and you meet with those couples and have those experiences with them and because you have that under underlying layer of comfort because you've been with them together in a, mm-hmm. in a safe space um, and they're comfortable to do those things, you start to figure out the questions to ask and the questions to look for when new couples approach you and you can kind of tell when a new couple approaches you, okay, they're asking about this and if I would be you know, uncomfortable or dissuaded by anything. Right. And it, it, it it kind of pushes the the pendulum towards okay this is what they're into mm-hmm. now do you find i'm not i'm not going to say a preference because i don't have a preference like I, I i enjoy them both um the way i equate it is i look at it like it's like checkers versus chess you know like if i if i'm dealing with a hot wife couple that's pretty straightforward that that's more of a team you know we want the same things all I got to do is just make sure that she has a good time. Like, I don't really have to, like, I can be cool with him, but I don't, I'm not really interacting with him. Whereas when you're dealing with a cuckold couple, oftentimes there's far more, far more control involved. So again, that's why I equate it to like chess. It's like, okay, how am I going to move on this board? You know, is it a dynamic where they're both submissive to me? Is it a dynamic where she's submissive to me and he's submissive to her, but she doesn't want to see me being dominant with him? So how is that chain of command going to go? And for me personally, I enjoy the mental acrobatics that are involved with with cuckolding. Like the, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I think of it like a game of Clue. Like yeah. you got to ask the right questions. Exactly. Like, like it, it's, okay. it's, it can be far more intricate. Yeah. And as a result, more perilous because there's more ways for you to fuck up, yep. you know, and, and, and take a misstep. And, you know, I enjoy that. I guess the rush that kind of comes with, because at the end of the day, when you have a successful experience and you leave their house or you leave their hotel and you're able to look back and be like, yeah, I knocked that one out of the park. Like they, they had a great, because you know that and that thing Everything is flowing from you. It's not just the physical pleasure that you give her, but it's 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 the the mental tone that you set, and you know, are you able to take them on this journey? And it's very rewarding. You know, it's 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 extremely. It's it, it can be a little daunting and a little 
unnerving, especially in the beginning, because it, it seems like there's so many more moving parts. But at the end of the day, it's it, I find it very rewarding. I'm just kind of curious how you kind of contrast dealing with a hot wife, stag, vixen type couple as opposed to dealing with a cuckold couple. So I, I love both. And right. um, I, I think the stag vixen or the hot wife couples, it's very safe. It, it, it's, you know, you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of like the default setting. Right. Um, and that's great. I, I love that default setting and I don't want it to change. And all, for all the hot wife and stag vixen couples out there listening, like, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's extremely comfortable. It's like, I guess, being with a stag vixen, especially when you really get along with the guy, it's like being with a buddy. Yeah, like your bro. Yeah, it's like it's like being with your buddy, and he's got this girl, and he brings her over, and you get to have fun with her, and there's no drama, and you know you watch the game, and yeah. you know you have a cookout, or you do whatever. It's it's very, it's very comfortable, very and safe and controlled. Yeah, and you like you you don't you you can lower your guard more with a hot wife stag vixen type couple, you know. But in life. You don't really experience the high rewards without taking the high risk. And I think that's where the cuckolding gets a little bit more exciting because you don't know if this is exactly what their dynamic is. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot of push-pull. There, there's a lot of... Um, I, I feel like you're doing the Tarantella, doing a dance back and forth of what it is they like, what it is they want, and trying to navigate that. So... I, I find the cuckolding aspect very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like there's a lot of risk involved and you can screw that very easily. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny how like you almost need a diet of both because like you say, even though cuckolding is very rewarding, if that's all you're doing, I'm not saying you can burn yourself out, but it's, it's, it's a lot. Like, like, like you're always like your attention level is it, it has to be so high that I don't even know if you could sustain that every time you deal with a couple yeah. having that much on your plate. And so it's nice to have those stag vixen couples kind of sprinkled in there because, you know, you, you know, you walk into their house and it's. You know, you know. It's, it's, I don't want it to make it sound like it's a walk in the park, right? Either. Oh no, no. I, but I'm, I'm just yeah. talking about just like, like in other words. And what I mean by that is, all I got to do is be cool with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, her. yeah. No, I'm saying, but like the way you deal with her, because I mean, I've dealt with hot wife couples where she's, you know, where she's submissive. So in that context, she's the same as she is in a hot wife in a, in a cuckold couple. It's the husband that's usually where the biggest difference comes in. Yep. And that's what I'm saying, like with a hot wife couple, you know, it's, for example, if I'm dealing with a hot wife couple and I come in and I'm thirsty, it's, it's, it's the same way that you've been asking for a drink pretty much your entire life. Hey, do you have anything to drink? Is cool? You know, would you mind? You know, that way we were all raised with manners to have and, and, and to do, but just a simple act of how do I ask for a drink when I'm thirsty? You don't ask the same when you're dealing with a cuckold couple. You just don't. You know, it's not. It's no longer. You hey, <laughs> exactly. And 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 not only do you tell them, but there's the added layer of telling them exactly how to make it. Yeah. And if it's not made the way that I expect it to be made, I might make you make it again. You know. And 
So just that simple act of just, I'm thirsty, I need something to drink, takes on a totally different way of going about it when you're dealing with the energy of a cuckold couple versus, you know, a hot wife couple. And so for me personally, like I said, it's cool having, like you said, it's like, just, it's like hanging with your bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna come over, watch the game, which I remember I had a, a couple that I knew, uh, when I first got started, you know, um, he was a, you know, a big Cowboys fan and, you know, I'm from Philadelphia, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. And, and the first time I met him, for some reason, we didn't talk about football or any kind of sports prior to meeting. And I had been doing something that day. So I had an Eagles jersey on. And so I get to their house and I knock on the door and he opens the door and he looks at me. And the first thing he's like, son of a bitch. Like, that's the first thing out of his mouth. Like, no handshake. Like, he sees the Eagles jersey and he's like, motherfucker. Like, you... And we just hit it off, and and I you know I remember you know going over there and watching Monday Night Football, and you know watching the Eagles and Cowboys play, and we're you know we're busting each other's chops just like you do, but then halftime his wife is sucking my dick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like it's it's so comfortable and it's so like you say you don't feel like you have to be on, you know, whereas you know when that cuckolding element is there, like you said, there's, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, so like I said, I'm curious to get more more about your perspective on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the the most difficult parts to navigate with the cuckold couples, and particularly the cuckold husbands, is you know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And I, and I've experienced this at least from my uh, what I've encountered. A lot of cuckold husbands in their professional lives are you know these dominant alpha mm-hmm. types of guys and. It's when they're in their own homes and in the privacy of their own homes that they are um, in that cuckold mindset. So I, I'm very cognizant to be respectful of that and to right. recognize that, you know, I recognize what you are outside of this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's important to do. So in the in the years that you've been doing this, and I, I, I see a lot of guys that, that kind of go through this. Vanilla relationships. Like, have you have you gotten to the point or have you had the experience where you said, okay, I've been doing the lifestyle for a while. I'm not getting any younger. Let me try to go to vanilla route. Like, did you try that? Did that pop into your head? Did you do it and was like, oh, I can't do this. This is boring. Or did you, like, how did, how did you navigate that? Did that ever happen to you? Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I'm 37. I'm single, single guy, essentially been a single guy in the lifestyle for 12 or 13 years and i've had a handful of relationships that transpired and that were in, involved in the lifestyle and that's been a huge part of who i am i've been in the lifestyle and that's kind of what i want in a relationship moving forward um so i got i, I and i'm like the world's worst liar mm-hmm. so I go on a lot of first dates and, you know, the questions come up of, you know, what were your previous relationships like? Right. How do they fall and apart? The, right. And you, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, you, I, you, you spill the beans as far as, yeah, well, I'm in a lifestyle and this one. And they're, and they're looking at you like, okay, this is, mm-mm. so <laughs> I go on a lot of first dates. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of follow-ups. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone's listening and you know someone that wants to date a guy in San Diego, <laughs> So let me ask you, because you said you were in this lifestyle as a couple. Yep. One of the things that I noticed 
when I first, you know, people know I've, I've been hosting parties for more than six years now. And one of the things that I noticed right, pretty, pretty much right away was all these guys that come to my parties, all of these single guys, if they had a woman in their life who they loved, like their girl, their girl, their wife, whatever, they wouldn't bring her to my type of party. Oh, I'm the opposite. So, so that's my question it is, okay, you could be in this lifestyle as a couple, but are you able to be that guy? In other words, are you also a stag in addition to being a bull? Like, can you take your girl to a party where there aren't that many women for you to play with and she's getting the bulk of the attention? Like, are you cool with that? Yeah. So did you ever have a cat growing up? Uh, yeah, I've had all kind of pets. Got a cat now. <laughs> so I, I think of it the way that a cat shows its love for its owner. It will like bring back a bird, a, a bird or a rat, and it'll just leave it on the doorstep. And mm-hmm. you know, when I was in a relationship and in the lifestyle, I used to love going out and finding guys and be like, "Oh yeah, what do you think of this one?" Mm-hmm. And trying to set, you know, my girl up with um, different guys and trying to find like the best guy for right. her. So I actually enjoy it i think it's probably the i think it's cooler than doing the couple on couple thing where you have to go and have drinks and try it's hard to get four people yeah it's hard to get four people on the same page (laughs) so um yeah i i I think i think that's my calling (laughs) so now taking it a step further um because you know i've I've been very uh candid about the fact that in addition to being a bull i'm also in a stag vixen type of of dynamic and i feel like Personally, I feel like that's been a huge benefit to me in dealing with couples because I understand. I know what it's like to be on that side having this guy approach you. I know what their inboxes look like. You know, I know how, you know, the types of messages that guys send. It's like, really? That's your best shot? You know, like, really? So my question to you is, it's one thing to say to yourself, you know, I like the idea of sharing my woman. But are you able to, at the end of the day, you know, when you're in bed and you hold that woman in your arms and, you know, like this, this is who you love. This is who you you're going through the day to day ups and downs of real life with, you know, when you're getting when you have that that bad day at work, you know, this is the person whose you know, shoulder you're putting your head on, whose lap you're laying down and who's going to tell you, you know, baby, it's going to be OK. Like, are you able to to have that level of emotional connection with that woman, but also still able to enjoy seeing her enjoying herself that way. I think the emotional connection becomes stronger Mm -hmm. when you see them with other people and they come back to you and you get to have that reconnection um, moment, whether, I mean, people call reclaiming. Right. Right. Yeah. Whatever you want to term it, whatever Um, you want to turn it. But I, I think, the fact that they're coming back to you and you feel that love again is probably one of the most euphoric feelings that a guy can feel. Now, I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't know if you listened to this episode, but I had, I had done an episode with Venus a, a while ago. And we were talking about the fact that as a, like being a bull in this lifestyle, there's an aspect to it that is it's kind of lonely in the sense that you know you're you're dealing with these couples you're you're this third 
for them. And, you know, you have all of these couples that you may see, but then New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, Christmas, your birthday, you know, like, you, you know, you're getting your calls from mom, <laughs> you know, but there, but you don't, you don't have that person, you know, and I'm just wondering when did you experience that? Because I think that all bulls experience it at a different point where you, it, it, it kind of dawns on you that like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm doing all of these. I have all of these women that I play with and, you know, I, I show them a good time and they, you know, their husbands love it. And, but then I'm also, I'm kind of by myself, Yeah. you know, like, you know, we go and we play with these couples and once we're done, we leave and we don't get to see that closeness that they get to Like you were talking about that closeness that they get to experience after he just watched her with somebody else. Like we're as boys, we're not privy to that. You know, I don't care how good of a boy you just drive are. home alone. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't, you know, you either call an Uber or you're driving to your car or, yeah. or they leave or whatever the case may be. We're not able to witness that strengthening of that bond like how they enjoy each other once that ball goes and then like i said on it's on those those types of holidays like i said i'm fortunate and that I, i've got a relationship so but i remember because i was a bull for years before that came about and i haven't forgotten what that's like so i'm just kind of curious for you when did that start to dawn on you and how did you cope with it i, I think about it during the most monumental types of encounters so um, I went to a George party and it was a New Year's party and it was at this gorgeous mansion in Connecticut and mm -hmm. you know I, I remember leaving and driving and thinking gosh I wish I really had someone here and um, for a while I, I used to um, spend the holidays in Europe when my parents were living there and I would you know just travel city to city and go to different clubs there right thinking It'd be really nice to have someone with me and um, it's in those moments where you're like this should be an epic time and it is and it's a great time but it could be even better you're almost envious of the couples yeah you know? i mean i i, wouldn't, I think envious is, is probably a, a strong mm -hmm. a strong way of putting it but i i think um you you admire what they have and you hope someday that it'll right. transpire for you now have you gotten close to having it for yourself yeah, I mean, I had uh, a long-term girlfriend in the lifestyle, and we, you know, hit it off, and, you know, we, the sex stuff was great, the swinging stuff was great, mm -hmm. but that's all we had in common. Right, okay, I got you. The relationship part of it was... Not... Right, was yeah. kind of lacking. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a hopeless romantic, and I think that there's a fish in the sea for everyone, so hopefully... hopefully yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So... As someone who's been who's who's been doing this, uh, you know, for a while, where do you see guys making missteps? You know, like like what are some of the common things you see where if you could advise them and be like, if you just tighten up on this and that, you could be a lot more successful in this. Like so, like what what are those problem areas that you see where guys are just kind of like repeating the same mistakes like over and over and over? It's like, damn, are all y'all reading from the same handbook? Like the bad handbook, yeah. Yeah, it's like why are y'all all doing this? I, I think the the biggest mistake is defining success as penis and vagina sex. If that's like your outcome, if that has to be if you don't have that, then like it's a failed experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's 
going to, and you set that as your expectation for every encounter, I think you're setting yourself up for, um, you know, not a lot of failure, but I, I think there are times where couples just want to hem and haw and think over what, what they want to do. And let's face it, they're taking a huge risk in their relationship by inviting another guy in. So for them, it's okay for them to digest it and to not want to play on the first encounter and not want to play after the first round of drinks that you meet with them. Mm -hmm. So I think those guys that think, you know, I met with this couple, we met, went out for drinks, I, I bought them a round of beers and they, they didn't, um, they didn't, we didn't get it in. I, I, I think that's a really short-sighted way of seeing, was it a quality encounter? Did you have good conversation? Did she light up? Did he light up? Mm -hmm. Um, that to me is kind of the, if those are the, the small stepping stones to a bigger and better encounter, right? Um, that's how you get to success. It's, it's funny that you should say that. Um, another thing that I'm very fond of, of, of saying, and I'd be kind of curious to get your take on it. Have you ever known anyone that has been a hunter or a fisherman like ever in your life? Okay. Yeah. One of the things that I think all people who enjoy those activities have is they're not so focused on the outcome. Like they enjoy the entire process. They enjoy getting up at the crack of dawn and, and putting on the right clothes and driving to their spot. And, you know, if they're fishing, they enjoy going to the bait shop and making sure their tackle box is all laid out correctly and, you know, getting to that primo spot on the lake or at the river and you know same thing with a hunter you know they want to get to that spot and make sure they're in the appropriate place and and if they should happen to get something at the end of the day great but that doesn't determine their enjoyment of it and i feel like like as a bull it, it it's kind of that same thing for me like it's it's the whole process you know you know would i like to have the did they end up with, you know, closing the deal? Absolutely. But if not, I don't feel like it takes away from my en enjoyment of it. Like, I enjoy the process. I enjoy going from the process of, okay, I'm walking into this room. This is my very first conversation I'm having with these two people. You know, I'm shaking his hand. I'm shaking her hand or kissing her cheek or what have you. To go from there to wherever it takes you. But to know that that's where you started from, you know, exchanging a few emails, whatever, but then that, that meeting and then, and then seeing where it goes and understanding that each couple is its own unique set of challenges. Each couple is a blank sheet of paper and it's like, okay, what is, what is this going to become? And, you know, I'm just curious, like, do you, is, do you kind of adopt that mentality? Do you see it that way where it's the, it's the entire process that you enjoy? It's not just a, well, how did it wind up? Did I get her kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, here, we're, we're probably speaking the same, right. same language <laughs> here. And uh, I, I've always been a firm believer of if you're outcome driven, it, it's not going to happen. That's not what this lifestyle is about. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, navigating that process. And, you know, it's a journey. You, you see a couple and they're taking risks. You're taking risks. I mean, emotionally, it, it's... I, I think, and maybe I'm maybe I'm the only one in this, but every time I meet a new com new couple, I have butterflies in my stomach, and I'm sure that they do too. Oh yeah, yeah. And 
to know that you land on your feet afterwards, that's probably one of the most exhilarating feelings. And I think that's why we keep doing it and we keep doing it to ourselves. So I, I, I think um, if you aren't interested in the process, then it's probably not something that is going to provide you the same fulfillment as us process-oriented people are. Right, right. Okay, now... One thing that I do want to bring up, because um, we're getting we're getting close to to the end, and when okay, we had met, but I didn't know that you were on Twitter. Yeah. So I had put out something on Twitter, and when I first started doing this this podcast, I was really sure to make the point of saying that this was not going to be a BBC interracial driven show like i understand that the the lifestyle is more than that is it a big part of it absolutely i'm not stupid i'm not blind i mean i am a black man in this lifestyle so i do see how i'm able to navigate it but i also understand that there's more to it than that and what the call was that i put that i put out there that you kind of responded to was i wanted to talk to a bull a bull who was not black who who, because I know that there are two schools of thought on that, right? and that is those guys who feel like that holds them back, not being black, and those guys who feel that there's no difference at all. Like it's it is what it is. Like it, it's not a hindrance. It's not a benefit. And you had responded about not feeling like it affected you, you know, in any way. And like I said, I don't. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this because honestly, I don't really think that it's a big deal. I think that only small minded people feel like it's a hindrance to them. You know, um, we've talked and uh, but I'm not going to answer the question for you. So I'm just curious. How do you navigate that? Like when you know that it's such a integral part of the lifestyle, but it's not all there is to it. How do you navigate it? Like, how do you keep yourself above the fray and being able to just not let it affect how you see yourself and still able to find the level of success that you found in this. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for the people who are listening and they can't see me, I'm, I'm not a black guy. And uh, I, I think one of the things that I've found is for every couple that is quote unquote BBC only or queen of spades or wh whatever they are, there's an equal number of couples that are seeking something different. Right. And um, I think of it very akin to, you know, I like, I like white wine. I like red wine, I, I, you know, and you got to try, try them both out and you see what you like and what your preference is. And, um, and there, there are times where I'll post a, a hot date for a city or um, a rendezvous for a city and the couple that have all that language in their profile that don't necessarily fit what I am mm -hmm. will reach out to me. So I, I don't think it's a deal breaker. Right. Um, I think there are a lot of open-minded couples out there in the lifestyle and it's just a matter of being your best self and mm -hmm. portraying yourself in a way that would be attractive. So um, whether, whether it is a racial preference or not, I, I think, people enjoy quality men. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and basically the, the reason why I wanted to bring that up um, was to, and this is speaking to those guys out there who are listening, who, if you've been guilty of saying that, stop saying it because it's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like it really is. Like I'm sitting here and I'm talking to this dude and this is a guy that's been to my parties and he's- I was only not black there. <laughs> yeah, right. He's been in it for a minute. 
you know what I'm saying? He's achieved a tremendous amount of success. Just, it's about who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 the, the color of your skin and, okay, well, she's BBC only. Well, she's not. Yeah. You know, like, okay, that one is, but that one isn't. And if you come across somebody that is, fine. You should not be wasting any more time on, you know, and no hard feelings or anything like that. Like, okay, that's cool. Fine. You know, next. Yeah. And, and, and you move on. You don't dwell on it. And so... My point being that this man is is proof that that doesn't have to be a hindrance to you, you know. So if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever used that excuse, stop it, you know, because it's, it's not it's not factual, you know. Your your perception is your reality. So if you perceive yourself as, you know, having the odds stacked against you, then that's how you're going to carry yourself. You know, so you got to you got to get out of your own head as far as that's concerned. So that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Like I said, I don't I don't even really want to go into it too much. because, Like I said, I, I think it's, you know, I don't. I don't it's a I, non-issue. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a non-issue. Like I said, I just wanted to bring it up just so that people know that it, it's. And there's plenty of couples in the swing. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, as a black that I've come across profile where they're like, hey, it's nothing personal. You know, she 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 went that way. She tried it. It's not her thing. And it's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. You know, so when you find somebody and you're not, don't even waste any time. <laughs> just move, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, just move on to the next one. You know, so, you know, before I, um, before I let you get out of here, what would you say, you know, as a bull, what do you feel are the qualities that set you apart? Like what, what makes you who you are? What makes you unique? Like if you deal with a couple, what type of play partner are they getting in you? So I think single guys come in a different varieties and you can get different types of bulls. And I think the types of couples that enjoy me are the, the more, sapiosexual types of couples that mm-hmm. enjoy that conversation and you know I, I i whenever i talk to a woman i've always sensed that attraction starts up here and i'm pointing to my 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 temple um rather than kind of with the physique right or anything like that so i think if you can communicate in a way that is you know affectionate and respectful and responsible i think that goes a lot further than talking about your appendage mm-hmm. um and I, I i've always been a firm believer of if you have to lead with that 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 probably isn't like that there's probably no substance to you behind right that. um so I, I i think i am more of the the intellectual emotional psychological type and resonate with those couples that enjoy that mm-hmm. rather than the couples that are like all right it, it's got to be eight plus inches or whatever <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. Now, I, I, I don't. I don't want to get out of here without letting you address this. You are on Twitter, so why don't you let my listeners know what how they can find you on Twitter? Sure. So I am on Twitter as T for Tony XP nineteen eighty two. So you can calculate my age anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm also on SDC SLS and Cassidy. Um, and on most of those sites, if you put in CB 1982, so C like Canadian born CB 1982, you'll be able to find me. Well, very good. Like I said, I'll, I'll make sure that I in, in, include those on there so that, 
you know, because sometimes people are listening and they're driving and they can't just stop and write things down and everything. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tony, like I said, I worked, like I said, I've crossed paths with you before. You've been to my party. So it was kind of pleasant when you reached out and was like, yeah, I actually met you and came to your party. And I think one of the first things I remember is you gave me like one of the first uh, uh comments that i got on itunes <laughs> you know that was that was that was really cool so i want to thank you for coming on here man you know helping me you know further establish the china shop and 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 making it the kind of show that not just people that want to listen to but also guys that are bulls want to be a part of you know because they have high standards for themselves you know like that's what i want the show to kind of emphasize is a higher standard you know, highlighting those guys who do represent this lifestyle well and who do show off what this lifestyle could be, you know, when it puts its best foot forward, you know. Um, so, like I said, I want to appreciate you. You know, I want to say thank you for, for coming on the show, you know, for being my guest and anything you want to say to my listeners in, in closing. I do. And I, I kind of want to echo the same comments to you to give forgiving single guys and bulls out there as well as couples that you've had on here and single females that you've had on here a platform to discuss kind of the pitfalls of navigating this and it's not easy and there's a lot of ups and downs and um, having a platform as a single guy and I, I mean I'm not perfect but and none of us are but knowing that there's a platform here for guys to learn from one another and be better and um, approach couples in a more respectful and thoughtful way. I, I think that's important. Well, very well said. Thank you. Thank you. So for those listening, I am your host, Michael C. Um, of course, this episode will be released to my Patreon supporters first. Um, if you're not yet supporting me on Patreon, uh, hopefully you'll think about it. It doesn't cost much. Um, it can be as little as a, a dollar a month. But for my Patreon supporters, you're the ones who make this possible. You're the ones who 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 give me the the ability to go out and and generate all of this content and letting me know that there are people out there who really appreciate it not just because you say so but because you're also making that monthly monthly contribution so thank you very much you're the, you're the, you guys are the, the lifeblood to to why I do this so thank you so this has been another installment of the China Shop I'm your host Michael C signing off and I will see you guys when I see you later <laughs>